Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back. It's Overnight America few things I was going to get to this hour, and I'm sure some of it will come up with Shane Hewitt, who hosts The Shift in Canada. We do that uh, opportunity for our two countries to connect, and we can talk about what's going on between them. I just saw this, Joe Biden, to sign an executive order to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. The CBC reports that in their news. I wonder if that pipeline is a, a controversial lingering storyline that seems to be going on forever. As long as I can remember, they've been talking about that pipeline. I wanted to just do two couple quick stories, one of which I saw on NBC News, the FBI investigating whether foreign governments, organizations, or individuals may have provided financial support to extremists as part of the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. So they say there's about $500,000 in Bitcoin payments apparently by a French national to key groups that were part of the riot. And these payments were documented and posted on the web by the, uh, this week by a company that analyzes transfers for cryptocurrency. I didn't realize that they monitored these things. There was organizations that could, I really thought that most of these payments were anonymous, right? You just, uh, one or the other, you can send the numbers send this and that, uh, payments of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency can be traded because, the, or it can't be uh, can be traced because they're documented on a public ledger, but separately they wonder. There's a lot of uh, things going on and what they purchased with it, how they got it to them, where it went, where it came from. So they say, let's see, Russian, Iranian, Chinese influence actors have seized the opportunity to amplify narratives and further the policy uh, interest amid the presidential trans transition. This reminds me a lot of exactly what they did in 2016 when they investigated that election and they found that Russia was buying ads and some of these other countries were doing the same thing, too, in order to try to uh, influence riots, just like we saw back in 2016, where they were successful in places like Ferguson. Here in St. Louis, we were a highly targeted area for the Russians. And as it turns out, it was very successful. We look at all the violence and damage that were done. And keep in mind, too, they were purposely trying to target people that were sympathetic to the BLM movement and using them in order to try to cause chaos in many different cities. In this case, in this election, they used, uh, I guess, far right and alt 
alt-right type of organizations, they're saying. And on top of that, it looks like Russia was also paying Antifa members. So isn't that great? And it's just right on to that. And over the weekend, we saw more of these types of uh, members start to come out. It's nothing I think that we haven't seen, but man, to this scale, it's just shocking and scary that it was allowed to happen. And the interesting thing, too, is if you're following these cryptocurrencies and you realize before a big vote that's going on that they're transferring 500 grand to some of these people, uh, why weren't they more prepared for this? I mean, it, it sounds like in retrospect, they had all the tools and the opportunity to understand that something was about to happen and they couldn't have ramped it up. That's just that's just something else. I, I just don't get it. it. Says the examination of possible foreign influence related to the Capitol riot, which involves as FBI's counter uh, intelligence division, comes after years of what former FBI officials are mounting evidence that Russia and other foreign adversaries have sought to secretly support political extremists on the far left and the far right in order to get what they want and take advantage of the emotions that are flowing through this country. Hmm. Isn't that something? And keep in mind, the method that they use is mostly social media networks, the Facebooks and the Twitters of the world. They use it very successfully. Now, keep in mind, Twitter and Facebook and Amazon and all of them are very quick to try to shut down competition. The ones that they see are, you know, far right, extreme, whatever it is. But keep in mind, they're the ones that are being used in order to push extremism. And they cannot self-regulate themselves because they have been totally incapable of doing so. So that needs to be addressed, needs to be brought up. More regulation into these tech companies uh, need to be seriously considered based on what they've done in some other countries. Keep in mind, they've added extra regulation. And I think it's a time for the United States to ramp it up here, too. It's just gone way out of hand, the amount of power that these companies have. And they're allowed to continue to use in a way that is not productive. When we come back, I saw this posted online, and it was a report coming out of Jefferson City here in Missouri. It looks like they're going to give a pretty honest try for school choice. So what is this bill? What does it say? We'll talk about that next. And don't forget, to our friend Shane Hewitt joins us at 1230, a little over 20 minutes from now. We'll be talking to him on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. I wanted to try to find this story reported anywhere, and it's been difficult to find it because it is still fresh. It's in the state of Missouri here, and Senate Bill 251 is being introduced. What is Senate Bill 251? This is an interesting one because I'm reading it and essentially it sounds like it's setting up a 529 plan for schools where you can use it and get tax credits in order to choose where your kid goes to school. And essentially it'd be like a roundabout way of funding a program which you'd get back in tax credits and then you'd be able to use it to send your kids somewhere that you want to send your kid to if you live in a district or whatnot. I don't think this is exactly the same as school choice. It sounds a little bit different. I mean, there's money involved here being deposited into students. Uh, they call them empowerment scholarship accounts, which are used for things like tuition or textbooks or education, things like that. But essentially trying to find a way to 
put these credits and put this forward. And and here's what I've been able to, to catch with it. And there's one reporter online, Corey DeAngelis, who's reporting this, says families would be able to take their children's education dollars to the education provider of their choosing. Now, as I'm reading this, it sounds like you would contribute into it. Maybe you would use the money that would have been the tax dollars associated with your kid and how much they would receive and then take that somewhere else, which is school choice. Now, I haven't actually seen this written up in a summary other than online right now. And this is something that I think will get a lot of people talking and rightfully so. Says that private school, homeschool, tutoring, textbooks, testing materials. How tempting would it be to just take your kid and say, yeah, I'm just going to homeschool during this whole virus thing. Now, the actual bill itself says it would start the summer of 2022, so a year or so away. And part of it is that when we were starting to talk about the whole problem with, hey, you can't send your kid to school, uh, virtual is terrible, right? The kids are just not having our, a good time with it. All the parents I talked to that as a kid in virtual, they're bored senseless. How many times do the teachers have to take a sidebar to help another kid with something? And then all of the other kids, they'll say, here, take a 10 minute break. The kid's running around the house trying to find a quick snack, trying to do this, do that. And you think, wow, my kid's on break more often than my kid is in class anymore. I've had parents say things like that. And I've also seen parents say, and then they're off a couple of days. They're on a couple of days. They're in, they're out. We don't know what's going to happen next. We do this. Okay, they're going to have another special day here. And even if they're sitting behind their desk, they're not paying attention half the time because they just can't. Their attention spans are just not meant to be watching a screen all day. And then what does that do? It burns them out of screens. When they're done with it, do you want them to sit in front of a computer for their entertainment or a TV? No, of course not. You're burning them out. You're burning out all the time as a parent in front of that screen. Oh, man, there's a lot of downfalls. And I understand it's not the fault of the districts or the schools. It's not their fault. All of these things started to happen at one time. But one of the things was, okay, well, how about this? Instead of you sitting behind a screen, if you want to take an alternate route, we'll let you use your tax dollars. We'll put it towards a private school that may be open right now, if that's what you want to do. Or maybe afterwards, maybe it's just the thought of it, the idea of it. Maybe the idea is that you live in a district, you can't get out of that district, and the schools have failed you. And you don't think that school is going to turn around anytime soon. You have the time that you could commute, as in you can take your kid to a different area to school. Uh, you have that ability. I mean, the buses aren't going to be picking you up out of district or anything, but you have the ability to make that. Why not? Why not offer that sort of thing? One thing I notice uh, when it comes to school choice, and I know there's a lot of people that are definitely opinionated when it comes to school choice, but I know that schools don't turn around magically. I know that they don't just one year have a, you know, D rating and then turn around. They have an A rating. Oh, everything's so great. You know, it's now it's a oasis. We, we figured it out in just one year. Never works out like that. Sometimes it's just the right people, the right uh, opportunities or whatever it is. And sometimes there's nothing you can do. It's just nothing. Just not enough funding, not enough support, not enough teachers, not enough time, not enough energy, not enough anything. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I could move, but I don't want to. You know, I, I purposely decided this place to live or this is the only place I can afford or whatever. I could move. Um, and I know that would be best for my kids' education, but I can't afford to. I can't, 
I just can't do that. This is the only place I can go. Don't you want these kids to have the best opportunity possible for their schooling? And this is the way you do it. This is one way to do it. Uh, a couple of other things I see in here. It says that fees for management of the scholarship will be by firm selected by the educational assistance. Okay, so there's going to be some of that. Uh, students residing in the state would be eligible. So any student, qualified student, any elementary or secondary school student who is a resident of the state of Missouri. And that Senate Bill 251 is going to go up. Uh, it's a partisan bill, they say, was introduced a couple of days ago. And this could be it. This could be a big one. I think that some people feel this idea is spreading quickly. They look at this idea and they say, this is what we want. And there's a lot of states that are starting to take this a lot more seriously, as they should take it more seriously. Mostly because if you are in the corner and you're thinking, okay, for the long term, what if you know, they don't open the schools next year. What if I have to do this for another year? What if my kid misses out again? Can my kid really afford this partial percentage of an education for another year? My son, who's in kindergarten, doesn't know any better. He uh, is someone that thinks this is what normal school's like. And it's sad. He's not getting the full experience. When he goes to school, and I know this is a difficult thing because of the masks and the safety precautions and everything else that goes into it, I ask him what a normal day of school is like. So this is what he does. He goes in, he's at a desk with plexiglass dividers and someone else is sitting there. They can't talk to each other. Um, just now he has someone that sits at his table in the, uh, sits at his table in the cafeteria, but they're not allowed to talk to each other during lunch. When they go outside, they're allowed to play, but when the teacher says everybody's spread out, they go outside, they get a safe distance from everyone, and that's the only time they're allowed to take off their mask. They're allowed to be outside. They take their mask off. They breathe the fresh air in while they're not close to anyone. And then the mask goes back on, and they go back to all the other things that go down. They're back inside, and the school day continues. That's what he thinks a normal school day is like. I don't want that to be as normal. In fact, I'm thinking to myself, if there was other opportunities, and even though I like the school he's going to, and I like his teachers, and I like everything else, I keep thinking to myself, well, how long would this have to go on before I would consider taking him to a private school or somewhere else that would offer a better experience for him? And ultimately, do I want him to have to sit through this longer than he needs to just to play this out because the government can't figure it out. And now we're just kind of stuck behind. And I don't want that. I don't want this to be the normal for him. I think a lot of other parents are feeling the exact same way. You may even be a grandparent thinking about your grandkids and how sad it's been. You probably have to, you know, coach them a little bit, help them, help them along the way. It's frustrating for parents too. Don't get me wrong, but man, the kids, the kids are really suffering during this time. And I don't know, they, Joe Biden keeps talking about the 100-day plan. They want to open up schools. I'm a little skeptical on that. I feel like they're going to push that further when his health advisors start telling him to clock it down, close it down. I feel like they're just going to push it, push it, push it. Next thing you know, we're starting next year. We're getting close to, what, a month into it uh, before school starts. And we won't even know what's going to happen there. All right, weather's coming up. Our friend Shane Hewitt as well. He hosts The Shift. 
And we're going to hook up Canada to the United States next on Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. The Shift with Shane Hewitt. We're just a minute away from connecting with them, and it's always so fun when we get to do that. And I do enjoy it. I, I feel like I get to learn a lot more about their country. Mostly they pay a lot more attention to us than we do of them. And I know they're going to want to talk a lot about the inauguration and what's going on here in America, which I'm sure will be a big part of it. But, you know, I got some other things uh, to try to surprise him with. Not really so much a surprise, but it's it's always trying to find whatever the pulse is going on in Canada. We get to do that on this uh, hookup and they may even be playing our intro right now. Let's kind of dip in real quick. Let's take a listen to it. I, I like hearing the intro they produce for us. <laughs> Let's Gloria, say hello indeed. to America as America says hello to Canada. Connecting the shift and Ryan Wrecker from Overnight America via KMOX, the voice of St. Louis. Oh, Ryan Wrecker, KMOX in yeah. St. Louis. There he is. How are you, Shane? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. It happy is. Monday, depending on the time zone, I suppose. Um, I I'm good, Ryan. How are you? You know, I'm doing just fine. We're. We're hanging in in a chilly here in St. Louis, but I got nothing to complain about. I'm guessing it's always chilly where you're at. Uh, it's been a beautiful January. It's been like the warmest January I can ever recall here in wow. Calgary, where I broadcast the show from. And uh, today, though, it was a, you know above freezing today. Uh, again, it has been for days and days and days. And uh, everything's been melting. And then I went to go for my my little walk before the show. I opened up the garage door and there's two inches of snow on the ground. And I was like, oh, that happened. I had no yeah, idea. Did that happen? so, it's, it's amazing how that could sneak up on you. But, you know, if you have a dog, you should know because the dog, I think, is always a good barometer. It, it lets you know when there's something coming. Well, I can tell you that through COVID, the fact that I don't leave the house for three days at a time, this is a new this is a new experience for me. So, like, often the season has completely changed since the last time I was outside. Oh, I hear you. So does that mean you wear a lot of the same clothes indoors? I did laundry and um, it was like a week's worth of laundry, you know, and it was, you know, a week's worth of shorts and socks and about two T-shirts. So that was like, that was it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, that's I'm exactly not doing anything it. anymore. So yeah. yeah, I've been doing the laundry in our house because uh, I have been and I, we, my wife and I have our laundry bin. We just put all of our laundry in it and then I throw it in. I wash it all or whatever. And she folds it. So when she was folding it, she has an entire basket of laundry clothes folded for her. And she's got like just a few things she put out on the chair for me. And I looked at it That's and I amazing. said, wow, um, you have all of this clothes you wore during a week. Here I am. And I'm just wearing basically the same bum stuff because I'm not leaving the house at all. It's pretty wonderful, actually. In fact, I mean, I should take all of that savings that we've been using in laundry detergent and I should invest it in Bitcoin or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, I had a friend of mine I was talking to just sort of catching up this weekend and uh, we were talking about showering. And she had said, um, uh, you know, their days blend together. You sort of forget when you showered last. I used to always be like the get out of bed, immediately shower kind of guy. And then now um, I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I gauge how long it's been since I've showered by my teeth. I like to brush my teeth a couple of times a day, like most people. But then if all of a sudden I'm like, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, 
yeah, I didn't shower. And because I always brush my teeth in the shower. I don't know, it's a weird thing, but I love it. You get a lot of time in the shower. <laughs> but, um, and so anyway, so I said to my friend, I said, so are you going through this too? And she says, she says, you know what? I am. I had no idea. I remember right after Christmas, I went out and I bought some shampoo because I, uh, her and the kids were out of shampoo. I bought new shampoo and it was a really great smell. And I was really excited to try it. And then I was trying to figure out the last time I showered. And then I stopped and I went, whoa, I haven't tried the new shampoo yet. It's been five days. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. I don't know about you, yeah. but to me, showering's like my vacation. I'll just go in there and I'll just stand under the hot water and I don't want to oh, miss it. that. Yeah, it's just great. great. And I keep telling my wife, I'm going to have to get one of those like uh, old people chairs that they put inside the shower so I can just sit, sit down, down and really enjoy it. Yeah. And then um, I Love it. if I go a day without it, this is what will happen. It'll be the end of the night. And I'll say to my wife, oh, I forgot to shower today. And then I, it's the most I've ever gone without one is a day during this time. So I, that may sound like an accomplishment at this point. Well, I think that is a big accomplishment. There, I, here's the thing is that I can't tell you how long I've gone because that's how foggy it all is. So um, I'm pretty sure it's more than a day or two, but I don't know. It could be, who knows. Based on my laundry count, it should be concerning. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not making up for it much. I know that uh, there's so much going on. I saw one thing trending on Twitter today that involves Canada. Uh, so I was pretty Ooh. happy because I mostly I know that you've been paying a lot of attention to the American stories. But I saw that Joe Biden said he wants to canceled the XL pipeline coming through Canada. Yeah. Um, do you mind if we, I get a 22 second clip here uh, that's yeah. from our network on that. Can I play that and just refresh everybody on it? Sure. All right, let's go. With just four days left in office, President Trump is now planning a grand departure, refusing to attend Joe Biden's inauguration, something that hasn't happened in more than 150 years. Sources tell us before Biden is sworn in, the president wants his own farewell. A red carpet and military ban waiting as he boards Air Force One for the final time headed to Mar-a-Lago. All right. Mm. Anyway, my fault. Wrong clip. Wrong topic. But anyway, that here's works. the point. It's that with it all, all these things coming on, I did want to ask you about that, too. So let's get back to the, the, the pipeline thing. That is, um, that is a big story in Canada huh. because of okay. what is... Um, what is going on with um, the oil story, the Keystone XL pipeline, just right. because of the fact that the way the oil play has gone in general in Canada. Um, and there's a lot of investment in that pipeline. There's an awful lot. I mean, we, uh, Canada doesn't refine the product. We have like mm -hmm. the second or third, I don't know what it's changed to be, largest reserves in the world. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and they've barely scratched the surface, and yet it's the number one energy is the number one export in Canada, mm -hmm. and um, and yet um, you know they can't seem to get these deals done. So it's going to be a big problem. And then we have you know the the democratic sort of liberal uh, president coming in, and we have a liberal government currently in minority power in Canada, and so there should be some synergies at least in their philosophies. This mm -hmm. one though is going to be a stinker of a problem in a big way. Uh, between so Canada's would, government and America's. Yeah, so let me make sure this. So the way that you're sounding is that the Keystone XL pipeline, if Joe Biden comes in, signs an executive order to cancel it on this side, that hurts Canada. And that's not what Canada wants. That's why it's a story a controversy up there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It is okay. dreadful yeah. for the economy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. OK, so that's a, that's I mean, a real big deal then. 
it's a real big deal because I mean, it's the number one driver. I mean, here, uh, you know, oil in, in America with fracking and the growth in the last 10 years has brought America back on the back on the oil map uh, in Canada. You know, it literally oozes in some spots uh, like it literally oozes out of the hillside. Um, it's it's a, it's remarkable. Um, so you're out shooting for some food like Beverly Hillbilly style and you, you, you could actually find yourself shooting and then a giant oil fountain could be coming up <laughs> off the ground Hillbillies. yeah it's not quite like that it's not, uh, like the old texas geyser um but it's uh, it, it literally is like up in up in um the oil sands up in fort mcmurray when i i grew up up there and you literally on a hot summer day you would be crossing the bridge across the river and there would be like this black thread down the river and so if you sort of like oh what's that and you look and you follow it up and then it gets to a place where it's on the riverbank and then you look up into the hillside and inside the hillside on a hot day when the sun's been beaten down on that hill, the oil just leaks out of the side of the hill naturally, just like mm -hmm. it's there. And it just naturally wow. goes and it just runs down the river. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of oil naturally leaking from anything. I always thought that they had to go out of their way deep underground to get to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. So is it mostly like an environmental issue? Is that the why they're bringing it up? Well, I think that it, I, I don't know. I think that it, I think it's a competition issue. Mm, is what interesting. It is. I mean, I, I think that um, one of the things that keeps Canada and America apart on oil is that um, Canada's somewhat landlocked with the Rocky Mountains to go west, and um, it's it's an endeavor to go west with it. And there is a there is a Trans Mountain pipeline. There's that's going to be expanded. In fact, the Canadian government bought that pipeline when um, the American company pulled out of it. So like it's it's a big deal to try to get all the oil and then we've got our own politics in the country about what was called the uh there was like an east-west pipeline to go and then quebec stopped it it was a big stinker too and so literally all of this product is sitting here and got nowhere to go so they move it by train for the most oh. part and i mean there's tons of pipelines don't i don't want to mislead anybody there are tons mm -hmm. of pipelines they move tons of product by pipeline but yeah i think it's competition i think it's market competition i think it's just that simple Wow. So that's something that could be happening. I don't know what the priority is for Joe Biden when he's sworn into office, but yeah, that's something you guys are watching pretty closely to the inauguration this week in the United States and the end of the Trump presidency and the start of Joe Biden's. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, that's a big one. The reporting is day one, in fact, that they expect that that thing might be signed away. So that'll be interesting. Now to the other topic though, uh, to the other clip that I played, I had premature clipulation there. Um, <laughs> wow. The, um, to, to your point of, of, of that part, I mean, tell me, man, like this is like the first time in so long that the president doesn't want to go to his farewell party and he's, he's going to pull the, pull the shoot early. Yeah. I think that uh, I, it's hard to tell what's for the best anymore. And I think things got so bad with the way that we've seen like uh, the, the protest at the Capitol that turned into a riot where people died and just the violence that was there. I think to myself, maybe it would be better if he wasn't there because he would almost like attract a crowd with him. And because yeah. of that, it, it's I don't know if it would be the safest thing. Um, I don't know if they want him there. The, the strange thing is, and the only other time I could think about leaders together that really don't like each other is when there were funerals in the past four years, when George H.W. Bush, a, a former president of the United States that was there late 80s, early 90s, passed away. He specifically said he wanted everyone there. So he wanted Trump to be there, even though he had problems with them. He wanted 
you know, the Obamas and the Clintons and all of them to be there. And they were. And it was a it was a moment. And then you had John McCain, a former senator who ran for president, uh, ended up losing, did not want Trump there. Uh, definitely enemies. So there was kind of that part of it, too. And, you know, he respected and stayed away and did all of that. And I think about this and I think, would the Bidens want them there? Would the would the former presidents want them there? And I, I think about a, a moment like that, and I know he's the one that made the decision to step back from it, but I think on their end, they might be a little happy for it. Uh, and Pence is supposed to be going. Is that what the reporting says there, too? Yeah, Vice President Pence uh, will be there, and I don't think there's going to be any problem with that. Uh, I like Vice I've met him a few times. He's a nice guy, very nice guy. I uh, I think he gets uh, he kind of gets the short end of the stick when he speaks. I mean, he's very sort of square and, you know, he could also be an accountant, like, um, you know, and how he, no offense, no offense if you're an accountant, all the uh, listeners, but I mean, like, you know, very just sort of in the box, whatever. But when he speaks, like he, he's a good speaker. I think he, I think he got misrepresented in this deal. I think that he, um, he's a, he's a pretty good speaker and he communicates much more clearly than I am right now trying to give him a compliment. Yeah, he's pretty solid. I mean, he he's definitely got his fundamentals down. And you can tell that he definitely talks and acts somewhat like a politician because he's very polished in the way that he approaches things. So polished, when yeah. I was in Indiana, he was governor and he would come to our radio station sometimes. Super nice. I mean, super nice. And sometimes he'd do it unannounced. He would just show up and it would just look like the coolest thing. You know, here's the governor of Indiana eventually, you know, becomes vice president. But he's the kind of guy that would walk through and uh, talk to the cleaning crew as they were there. So mm. they would be, you know, someone would be out there uh, cleaning the trash cans and he would take a few minutes to say, you know, how you doing? You know, what's your concerns? And he would take that time instead of just going straight to the radio studio. Like a lot of times, right. I'm sure when you have guests at a radio station, they have their entourage and it's like, okay, they mm -hmm. want to just go to the studio and get out of there. They don't want to make eye contact or talk to anyone else. He was the opposite. He, he went through and he talked to everyone and including the cleaning crew did his thing, came out very polite, very nice. Great guy. I, I, every time he was in the building, it was always a pleasure to have him there. So you said about the inauguration and people staying away. What if uh, this reporting about Trump wanting his own, um, red carpet 21 gun salute parade to get out um that seems like it would attract all the all the people that i think you're speaking of that probably you wouldn't want around dc yeah it's a two-parter for me because on one hand i think about all the different leaked memos and people inside that overheard something and they have to go run to a reporter or whatever it is all of these things that never materialize or come to be true there's a lot of that that's reported around him so i, I listen to some of these things and think okay how much of this is just you know not really taken seriously the other side of it is you're a former president you're on your way out you normally get the say goodbye in in a certain way and he's a showman so he definitely likes to do a big crowd. He likes to do the show. He likes to entertain. So it's, you know, it is very likely that he wants to do something. I just don't know what that's going to look like. And I think I read uh, they normally have them walk out of the White House onto the air, uh, the uh, helicopter and then take them off somewhere else where they would, you know, privately fly out. And I don't know if that's going to happen this time around. It might not. So. It's going to be a non-traditional way all across the board. There's so many norms being broken with the end of this yeah. presidency. It's just par for the course. Whatever happens at this point, I feel like I'm just going to I'm done trying to research and read into it. 
I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to consume it. I'm just not going to let it bother me or anything. Just be an American for a day. That's cool. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, if I I was going to bet you a beer on it, I would bet that it's going to be the reverse of like the promo video he shot when he came back from the hospital after his COVID uh, Mm -hmm. episode, Um, how he sort of this well-crafted promo video. I think it's going to be the reverse of that. I think it's going to be right. I think it's going to be well-crafted with the right photographers in the right places. And he's going to use that um, with some sort of messaging as, you know, wrongly something, something. So, yeah, you know, over the weekend, and this has been bouncing around my head for a little bit. My wife and I watched the first episode of Monk, which was a very popular show in like early 2000s. You know, he's got the OCD and he's a detective or whatever. And Monk asked his assistant, do you vote? And she said, no, I don't like to encourage them. And I started to think, you know what? Maybe I should stop voting. I just want to stop encouraging all politicians. <laughs> that's, a, that's at the point I'm at right now. I mean, I'm just so yeah. burnt out by all of this. And it's just well, been nonstop. And I don't understand the just the splash over in Canada, how you guys aren't burnt out just trying to pay attention to all of it. Well, we are. And not only that, it's possible because it's a minority government. We could be having a federal election here in the next 60 days. So uh, we could be going for round two. Ours doesn't last for two years like yours does. Ours is we're we're like a one we're a one and done, um, and we're done in um, a, a bunch of weeks. So that part of it is refreshing, but it could be happening again. It seems like the country's kind of gearing up for it. So oh, so oh. lucky for you. That's the way it should be. No two, three. You know they'll start campaigning already. They're all. I'm sure they're already in their war rooms trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And if the what's as soon next? as they can get out in front right. of someone, I am so tired of it, and it's nonstop. Nonstop. It is nonstop. The analogy Ryan from, uh, oh, sorry, sorry Shane, go ahead, keep but going. I just, no, finish uh, your the, the analogy that um, I had at the start of the show was basically, I feel like I'm carrying this bucket around and normally the bucket has a little hole where the water would leak out. And that's just the new cycle cycling itself out, new things coming in and out. At this point, it's been overflowing over the top and there's been no stoppage of the overflow. It's and, and the bucket is getting too heavy to carry around. I'm just ready to just drop it and leave it. That's where I'm at. I just it, I think everyone needs a political vacation at this point. So, I all am, right, Shane. I sorry. Your pain, man. <laughs> no, that's cool. I, mean, I wanted you to finish that thought. That's a good thought, because you know what it is? I just want to acknowledge the fact that like you can really feel it when you when you share that story. So thank you for for being so open about that. That's that's pretty remarkable, Ryan. Thank you. And I, I got to tell you, I also look forward to hearing about the news on the news networks out of the States, as opposed to just all politics. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, we'll chat with you next week. Okay. Awesome. Shane. Good to hear from you. That is our friend Shane Hewitt, who hosts the shift in Canada through the chorus radio network, all across the radio stations through Canada. He's such a great guy. And, you know, ever since he has been doing the shows at night, he's just so fun to talk to. And I love doing this live hookup. It's so great to have live radio on a Sunday night where we can connect canada in the united states and i know there's a lot of people that enjoy the segment it's amazing of all the segments we do it's shane and rich rabino are the two favorite ones this is overnight america kmox this is overnight america sponsored by michael's flooring the flooring experts michael's flooring outlet.com on kmox it's overnight america a couple of things i want to get to here I think it would be good for us to get to. And I've seen this reported in a couple of different places, but Fox 2 is where I saw that first. Uh, school districts throughout St. Louis are still waiting to figure out exactly what's going to happen when it comes to their school protocols, vaccines, things like that. So Dr. Kevin Adams, the superintendent of St. Louis Public Schools, say that he's waiting for more information. 
in what he's saying that he has no plans to make vaccines mandatory, although he does plan to take the vaccine himself. So schools, I didn't really think about this until right now. Would it be mandatory to get the kids vaccinated before they're allowed to go back in full time? Or is that part of the plan in order to get them in there full time? Or how would they even handle that sort of thing full time? Just like any other vaccination, you have to show the school that you are up to date. And I wondered if it was just going to be added to the list. You have this. Now, considering that the vaccinations themselves, at least the Pfizer one, only last a year. I don't know how long Johnson & Johnson lasts. I don't know how long Moderna and all of them. But for the most part, it sounds like you might be yearly taking this sort of thing. And we're going to be in the same boat where we got to get out there and get it as fast as possible to as many people as possible. I just don't know. I can see that being difficult for all parents being able to try to get this for their kids and then exclude them if they can't get their hands on it. The other thing we wonder is the shortage of them. So if they're trying to get them in, there's a tier of, uh, hey, we need to get high risk. We need to get frontline workers. We need to get this and that first. And then it goes down to the next line and the next tier and the next tier. Eventually, kids would be it. But the thing that I'm worried about is that there were no testing on kids. When, From what I understand... The way that the vaccine uh, the vaccine was tested is that they test them on different age ranges, and then they say, okay, during these ages, we have enough data to show it's safe, and then they extend it back, and this, we don't have enough data. They just didn't test enough kids. And a lot of times what ends up happening is that, naturally speaking, they wait and see. So they could vaccinate children or your kids or whatever by request, and it would most likely be safe, probably safe. But it's just unknown, just like it is for the adults. It's somewhat known because it's gone through those clinical trials, but it's not fully known because it hasn't been rolled out to everyone yet. And that is making a lot of people hesitant. And then you think about the risk factor for kids is so low. Do you really need to give it to them right now? Probably not with the risk factor being the way it is. They say the district is working with healthcare providers who will provide vaccinations I remember parents telling me that back when they were a kid, they used to give them vaccinations in school. They, yeah, they would just do it as part of school. I don't know if it was the polio or whatever it was. Well, this is going back some days. Maybe you're listening right now. Do you remember Gil, uh, getting a vaccination at school? Uh, 314-436-7900. Maybe you can help them. Maybe I heard Rush Limbaugh talking about it one time. He said it was like a little sugar paper or something they would give it was something they would consume and that would be it he doesn't remember a shot and that would be ah, i wish i could remember who was but i'm sure there's people listening right now that are over the age of 60 that remember getting vaccinated at school what that procedure was like but that they didn't think twice about it i wonder if it's going to be one of those deals one day they just roll up and they say okay kids vaccine time kind of like picture day Remember back with picture day, they would set up the backdrop. You would wait in line. They give you a plastic comb. You'd fix your hair. You sit down, smile, take the picture and you're out. I wonder if it's going to be one of those deals. You show up, still give you a plastic comb because why not? What kid doesn't enjoy a plastic comb? Hand it over, get the vaccination, get out. Of course, they can't do that anymore. I'm sure the liabilities, but things have definitely changed over the years. But that's the way they used to do it, at least from what I heard. Um, here's a text message that said Biden needs to make getting the vaccine vaccine mandatory. 
that's what I say about mandatory. I don't think you should be forcing anyone to take the vaccine. Uh, I feel like right now there's certain risk factors that you can take into consideration. Um, I won't hesitate taking the vaccine when offered. I'm not in a rush to get it. I don't feel like I need to cut a line or anything to do it. Uh, but, you know, that's so far down the line. I just don't feel like I need it right now. Same thing with my kid. I just don't feel like it. My wife's the same way, too. I don't feel like there'll be adverse reaction to it. I don't feel like it'll be unhealthy for me to take this. I just don't see myself needing it. And then again, I don't need the government coming in and telling me this sort of thing either. Um, and by the way, when the government makes anything mandatory, does that make it better? Nah, I don't think so. I think if anything, when the government mandatory, uh, when you see that, people, number one, resist it. And number two, it's always mixed results. You find that you don't actually need to do it to begin with, including when they start to study all of these lockdowns and these areas that had high restrictions for lockdowns, as it turns out, uh, same results as areas without the lockdowns. Wow. How about that? Isn't that amazing? No, I think that's not amazing. The mandatory side of things is what really scares a lot of people away. So, no, don't make it mandatory. I know Joe Biden's going to try to push, I think, mandatory masks all across the board. But I think a lot of that is yet to be seen, which I'm sure we will. We're just a few days from him taking office. One more hour coming up on Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.